0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Humans of James River. I'm your host, Ava McHugh. Today, we have an episode that, frankly, leaves me at a loss for words. This podcast episode completely reminded me of the reason that I started this project in the first place. I am so grateful that this person came to forward to talk to me and share their story with you because it's a perfect example of the fact that you have no idea what people are going through on a day-to-day basis. Just a quick reminder, this podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and through directly through the Humans of James River website, which is www.humansofjamesriver.com. Please feel free to message me on Instagram at Humans of JRHS or fill out the contact form on the website with any feedback. I hope you all enjoy.
1: Uh, when, I was, when I was five, my parents separated, and I've been used to that my whole life. Um, a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, that must be hard, but I'm, I'm used to it. So it doesn't matter much to me. But I live with my mom, and uh, financially, everything just kind of went downhill from there. And I'm not sure if it's still going downhill or if it's kind of just a solid straight line now, but I've been getting food from from my schools, my elementary school even, my elementary school, my middle school, and my high school as I went through them. James River, of course. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and the whole time I've been dealing with anxiety and, and depression, uh, self-harm, trying to figure out who I am, my, my gender identity, my sexuality, where I fit in. I don't think I have any hobbies or passions, I guess. I got into music for a little bit, and I still have that kind of back there, but I can never find something that uh, keeps my interest for long enough. Um, I can never, when people ask me what my phone number is, I have to tell them that I don't have my phone activated because we don't have enough money for that. We don't have enough money for Netflix. We have satellite TV, which is free, but, you know, it's not that good. <laughs> um, so it's hard when people, when people say, when I hear people talk about, like, The Mandalorian. Like, I can't pay for Disney+. Plus. To be honest, I've never even seen The Lion King. I've never seen, I don't know, I've never seen The Lion King. People, people usually turn and look at me and they gasp, they gape at me and they're like, you've never seen The Lion King? I'm sorry, I grew up with a broken VHS player. Um, and even now, I we never really watch movies together. Me, my mom, and our roommate, we don't, we don't eat together because we don't have too much to make for a meal unless we toss some spaghetti in the pot. My whole life I've gotten used to being more on the poor side of the scale and not knowing who I am. Not really fitting in. Always seeming to try just a little bit too hard. Maybe. I've had, um, I've had two constant friends my whole life and they come over every Friday and it doesn't matter that I don't have a door on my room. That's, they've gotten used to it. Even though I have less privacy And to them, it doesn't matter that my backyard's full of junk or that my mom doesn't like our roommate. It, it doesn't really matter to them because they're my friends and they know me and they understand me. They were accepting of me when I came out of the closet, which was very sudden. But they've been there. I've tried to add more people to that close group of friends, but I always end up trusting people too soon enough. And kind of just goes haywire a little bit. I've always gotten free lunches as long as I can remember. I've gotten used to going into the counseling office pretty much every week other than to get the food that they give me. I go in with uh, anxiety. And fortunately, I haven't I haven't been cutting myself or wanting to, but I've been there, and it's not really something that you can come back from, to be honest. Because I still have those scars, and if someone were to ask me where'd you get that, you know, I have to be honest with them, because a lot of people, a lot of people deal with it, and. I think it's something that should be talked about more and so I I have to tell them this scar is for me. I did this myself and that's hard hard to think or hard to say when they give you that look. I've never been suicidal. But I have thought about, I mean, in sixth grade, I was gonna run away and just go. I was, what, 12? (laughs) And maybe in fifth grade, I was coming back from a road trip. I woke up from my nap and I looked around and I thought, hey, I know where we are. And I think that's the first time I experienced real anxiety because, seeing those stores on the corner that I passed by every other day, it it something kind of popped in me, not really snapped, but like when you like when you put in a puzzle piece and it kind of just pops right in or or slides in. And that was the first time I felt anxiety. And ever since then I've I've realized it's not just me or the small environments I'm in, like school or home. It's this whole place that I've grown up in. Midlothian, Bonaire, Chesterfield, Richmond, whatever you want to call it. I've just had so many bad experiences that I do kind of just want to run away. You know, when I turn 18, that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to be saving my money and get a job somewhere and live with those two friends while they go to college and I work (laughs) because I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I've heard a lot of people say, that's fine, but I'm expected to plan a decade into the future, but it's hard to do that when everything you know keeps changing. In eighth grade, I went to the hospital, the mental hospital, I guess, or psychiatric ward, I went to Tucker's, (laughs) and um, after the first night I, I came in in the afternoon, and everyone was already in bed, so I got introduced the next morning, and they asked me Is there a different name you want to go by other than what we have? I said no, but before they went on to introduce the next person to me, I stopped them and said yes, there is a a different name I want to go by. I also want to use different pronouns. And they said okay. And that's how my mom found out I was trans. That's how I found out I was trans. I was just like, yeah, let's try this. Just me and maybe five other people in the room. <laughs> and even before that, I knew I didn't care about who I was attracted to. First, I thought I was straight, you know, but then um, then I didn't really care. I just forgot about it for a couple of years. And then I realized I truly did not care who who it was that I was falling for, so to speak. So, now I identify as pansexual. But I still don't know what my gender is. And it's weird because when, you know, When you're born, they hold you up and they say, it's a girl, or it's a boy, and you have baby blue clothes or pastel pink. But I don't think I could ever do that to someone now that I know how I feel about it. I don't think I could ever wear pink any more without someone thinking me as more feminine. And if I wear blue, then that's just me begging for it. I want to be a boy. See, I'm wearing blue. I don't know. I'm picky. You know, I I I don't like gender stereotypes. I think straight guys should be able to wear makeup, you know? Screw it. Who cares? Why do people care? It's not bothering them. It's not affecting them in any way. It'd be a lot easier if everyone was a little more accepting of everything, to be honest. Another thing about my identity is I can't just love one person. I, even though I have a boyfriend, I want to hold other people the way I hold him. And he knows that. He's told me he's uncomfortable with it. And that's fine. I just have to hold myself back. And I do love him. But I love so many other people all at the same time. And that's tough. it's tough after tuckers they told they told my mom that they should think about taking off the door to my room and turning off the wi-fi limiting how much access i have to the internet going through my stuff regularly So I don't have much privacy. You know, the Wi-Fi's been cut back on, so that's not a problem anymore. I still don't have a door, so I don't change in my room anymore. I go in my mom's room, and I close the door and I change in there. Even if I know there's no one in the house which of course rarely happens. They wouldn't trust me home alone for too long. Even if I'm completely alone, I don't trust myself enough to stay in the room and change. I get paranoid that someone's peeking around the corner even though there's no one there. They can always hear me downstairs when I, when I talk to myself or when I'm on the phone, which is always over the Internet. They can hear me, and it, it drives me crazy. When I walk in my house, when I even walk downstairs, the dogs bark at me like I almost don't belong there. And it's just that extra little push, knowing that I need to go somewhere else. And I don't think about it all the time, but when I turn 18, which is scary as hell, (laughs) two more years, I'm, I have to go somewhere else. I just don't know where yet. I've said a lot of things I regret. Done a lot of things I know I shouldn't have done. And since it's January, you know, new year, new me, um, I don't really, maybe I should, set some kind of goal for New Year's. Maybe I'll get a job. Or maybe I could go help my Nana more. Or help my mom. Thank you, first of
0: all, for sharing that with me and the rest of the listeners. I know that when we first started talking you, you weren't ready to reach those places in your head, I don't think, and just from meeting you and talking to you in these few minutes, I've really seen you kind of unlock a part of yourself that I don't think that you were ready to before, and I'm really grateful that you were able to do that. And you know, the hardest part is that you have so many things, so many needs, and so many parts of your life that aren't clear and aren't met that so many people take for granted. Like, most people don't wonder if they're going to have, if they're going to have food on the weekend. And a lot of people take for granted that they have a clear understanding of their sexuality or their gender and they have, you know, basic needs being met, and you're someone who doesn't. And I know that must be incredibly hard. And when you said, you know, you're expected to plan a decade in the future, but you can't because so many things are changing, I completely understand that. And it's something I think a lot of us at James River and a lot of us in our lives struggle with, Um, Believe it or not, there are so many people that feel like you in our school and in our community. And, you know, it's amazing that you find the strength to keep pushing through this. Because you have an incredibly hard situation. And, you know, for those people that are going through something similar or for anyone listening, do you have any advice for someone else?
1: Find, t- find something to distract yourself with, whether it be listening to music coloring in a coloring book, going out with friends, watching YouTube, find something to distract yourself when you're down and let yourself have those little moments. Like, if you are happy you passed your SOL, Finally, you did it. Let yourself have that. Swim in that pride for a little bit. And don't ever let anyone tell you what you're incapable of. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something. You want to fly? Go make something that lets us fly. You know? What is something in your life
0: that makes you happiest? What's that one thing for you that when you're doing it or when you're with them or when you're you know, experiencing it, it makes you the happiest version of yourself.
1: Maybe those, those two friends, because when I'm around them, I know that they're people who care and they show it. And they've always been there for me. And if they aren't there right now, you know i can I can text them or you know watch watch the internet distract myself, but I know every Friday that I can look forward to them coming over. That's great.
0: What is it like for you to? have so much donated and not have those you know basic needs met because I know that that must be something that affects your entire life it's not just about not having you know a certain type of cereal that you want it's it's more than just not having those things it's you know obviously has a huge impact on everything you do.
1: Yeah, it's it is more than having the kind of cereal you want. You know, people, people might get upset if their parents buy them knockoff fruit loops. You know. I I live on that. <laughs> I live on knockoff fruit loops. Uh every once in a while maybe I get some Captain Crunch. But we don't we don't ever sit down and eat like we used to because we don't have the money to get ingredients to make anything. At most, we would probably make an oven-made pizza, maybe some chicken tenders, who knows. Um, But it's stressful knowing that and hearing that other people have things I could only dream of, and they talk about it as if it's nothing. How would you say that the situation
0: and all of these situations that you've had to endure in your short life, you're only 16, 15? 16. 16 years old, and you've been through more than some people will go through in a lifetime. How would you say that this has made you the person you are today?
1: About five, maybe six months ago, I got a text from my friend asking if we could talk for a minute and that it was important and serious. And I I said, yeah, what's up? And she called me and said that one of our friends had just passed away in a car accident. And I didn't feel it then, but now I know what it feels like to have your heart broken. So now I'm extra careful about everything I say or do my body language even, because I know how broken someone can be without without them showing it. And it's a lot easier to just be a little bit more considerate. Thank you so much for sharing this with me
0: and the listeners. You are someone that absolutely blows me away and i feel lucky that through this i've been able to meet someone like you i think that you put a lot in perspective for a lot of people and you are so strong because a lot of people could not do what you're doing and keep their head up and i want to thank you for working to get through all this, because you are going to do amazing things one day. Because just from you saying that, you know, it's taught you to be more considerate, I know that you have a daily impact on people's lives. And I know that you probably will never know what you mean to some of these people that you interact with. But just from meeting you for an hour, I can tell what type of person you are, and I'm grateful that I was able to hear your story and able to help you tell other people, because you are truly, truly amazing. So thank you.
1: Thank you.